This time on Chew Diligence, David Friesen of Betty Ray's. My dad used to make ice cream all the time at home with, you know, like the old churn with the salt on the side. And so, like, the first ice cream I can remember eating is his vanilla just out of there. The ice cream that inspires loyal customers. You know, we bring out flavors that we think will be temporary, like the goat cheese. And uh, I mean, Don't you ever take that off the menu. I know, yeah. <laughs> we, I would probably have threats on my life if I did. And the woman that inspired their brand. So Betty was my grandmother on my mother's side. She just really liked cooking for people. And so I think, you know, that was just kind of the spirit we wanted to go with. As we celebrate one year of Chew Diligence. Welcome to this episode of Chew Diligence. And we are celebrating. This is not only our 28th episode, Jill. This is our one-year anniversary. Happy birthday, Lindsay. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jill. Happy birthday, Haley. Happy birthday, Chew Diligence. It's been such a blast. So we were just talking about what our favorite episodes have been. Jill, we have crossed the 13,000 download mark. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for downloading. Please download. please, Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Our top downloaded episode so far, Jill, is with Antony Porofsky. Well, you know. Can you be surprised about that one? Let's let's just say, you know, really a fun interview. Um, Queer Eye is just amazing. So, you know, we carried, I think, a, a lot of their viewers. Maybe a few of them listened to us. There you go. And I hope you all enjoyed, uh, speaking of Queer Eye, our chat with the Jones sisters, because, boy, what a fun time in the podcast studio. I've been smiling for two weeks about that one. <laughs> I just love those two. Yes. And uh, in studio with us today, we have David Friesen from Betty Ray's, which, I mean, Friesen and Betty Ray's couldn't get more perfect yeah. than that, David. Had I love to do it. it. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. David, uh, thank you for listening. You're telling us that you've got a favorite episode or two. Yeah, I really liked hearing Howard, Howard Hanna talk about, you know, all the stuff he's doing and his uh, his kind of outlook on the restaurant business was really interesting. Awesome. David, you're going to help us celebrate one year of due diligence also. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to do a little meet and greet. You guys are going to come into the River Market shop and you will just have some fun. We might uh, whip up a Sunday for you guys and uh, just have a good time. I'm so excited about this, Jill. I can't wait to chew the diligence out of a <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Something chewy, you said. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of caramel. Uh, we'll see what else we can work into it. You know, that's one of my favorite things. So I was like, yes, yes, go right ahead. Chew diligence. I like that. We were talking, Jill and I, like, what would that even be? We were, like, thinking of flavor combinations. And then Jill very smart was like, why don't we just let David decide? He's the flavor master. I go, that true. Good call. So we're in your hands. Oh, yeah. I'll just, do my best. So, yes, everyone, we will see you Saturday, August 17th, noon to 3. Yes, be there. It's going to be a blast. A blast, a blast. So let's talk about Betty Ray's, David. Uh, yeah. Just reading on your website about how you and your wife got into ice cream in the first place at Mizzou, right? Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, if you want to go all the way back, my dad used to make ice cream all the time at home with, you know, like the old churn with the salt on the side. And so like the first ice cream I can remember eating is his vanilla just out of there. And, mm-hmm. you know, so great. Um, and then... Me and my wife met in college, uh, Columbia, Missouri, and uh, there's a little shop there called Sparky's, and uh, it's just one shop. They make whatever they want in the back, and they can serve it the next day or as soon as it's frozen, basically, so you can come up with anything, and it was just so much fun. I mean, it uh, on the one hand, it gave me a kind of perspective on what you would have to do to run and operate a small business, and on the other hand, just really the ice cream bug bit me. Mm. Like, it was just really great. So I want to back up to the 
was it a crank that you did as a kid, like, you know, to make the ice cream with your dad? Or did you have an electric one that did it for you? Oh, no. Yeah, we had a few different ones, like, over the years. But I remember the first one. And, you know, we'd go visit old relatives and stuff, and they'd have the older ones. And, you know, yeah, like that actual churn. And you got to, you know, yeah. keep, keep working oh, the yeah. thing. Well, so I did this as a kid. Vanilla. It was always July 4th, yes. I think, my dad would mm. decide that this was a good activity for kids. <laughs> yeah, let the kids do it. And I don't even think, you know, this is dating me. I don't even think they had an electric version at that time. So we were all like, you know, uh, you know 10 churns and we're like yeah. done. And he's like, oh, no. And so we would do it for I don't know, hours? I don't know how long it took. Yeah, It seemed like hours as a kid. I can't quite remember. And sometimes you would put in fruit, whatever the summer Mm -hmm. fruit was. So being cherries or um, Rainier cherries or peaches or Mm -hmm. very fond memory. Yeah. But that's a lot of work. Yeah, it kind of, you really earned the ice cream in that sense. And I mean, it kind of made it taste better at the end in a way. Like it's, mm-hmm. and really like the, the texture of it and everything was so much better than a lot of the kind of like frozen bowl kind of Cuisinart things you can find in the grocery store or wherever. So, I mean, you know, it's a nice way to do it. But certainly you do not churn by hand anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our <laughs> arms would fall off. If we I know. Your Instagram stories are always such awesome sneak peeks into your creations too. You're dumping things into the giant mixer. Is that, is that a KitchenAid mixer that you're... Yeah, we have uh, we have two version. like big bakery mixers basically okay. in the shop because we do all the baking too, and so each shop has a full kitchen, and uh, I mean they make everything. Um, we do the marshmallow fluff for the s'mores ice cream in the big mixer. So I mean you know whipping the egg whites and then working in the hot corn syrup and everything, and I mean that one's really fun. We really need to post more of that stuff because <laughs> it's it's really crazy looking. So you get in there and you get going, but let's back up Betty Ray's. Who yep. is Betty? So Betty was my grandmother on my mother's side, and uh, she just lived in San Rafael her whole life, and she was just a really, really great cook. I mean, she she almost didn't have signature dishes because she just kept on wanting to try new things. I mean, you know, she had all the magazines coming to the house and always clipping the recipes and just wanted to keep making new things for people. And uh, even I had an uncle who, uh, you know, was a vegetarian like back in the 80s, so it was more uncommon, but she would even make great stuff for him and figure out new things. And she just really liked cooking for people. And so I think, you know, that was just kind of the spirit we wanted to go with. So was that an inspiration? Did you cook with her when you were a kid? No, I wish. Yeah. No, we, we would go to her house and uh, she was the grandma that had the Nintendo. And so, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, she kept the sweet cereal stocked and uh, all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, I remember eating there, not uh, cooking so much. The sweet cereal, but see that as an influence today, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it was something that I didn't even realize. So, we were we made a cereal milk ice cream um, that you know was kind of partly inspired by the milk bar stuff, mm. and then also just the the feeling of eating the cereal and it getting all mushy and all that. Um, and uh, it was only until after making that flavor that I realized, oh wait, yeah, Grandma's house was where you know like my parents would never let me eat that stuff. Like we didn't even have a box in the house, and we would go there and we'd get all the Apple Jacks and you know just Lucky Charms, everything good. You told me once that uh, that you really had a very healthy diet growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No sugar cereals, no crazy stuff. So Oh yeah, no sweet cereals and and my parents cooked a lot too and it it was it's good that that kind of routine definitely instills something in you. But then I mean also on the on the side like 
But the second me and my brother could drive cars, I mean, it was the McDonald's drive through and Taco Bell all the time, you know? And I mean, I still, Doritos are one of the most magical little things, you know? Cause <laughs> That's what happens just, when you eat healthy as a kid. Like right. snacks become, ah, right. right? Yeah. Same, same here. Yeah, up on a pedestal. Absolutely. So, but I mean, you know, everything in its place, right? Yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. and you guys enjoy it for life now. Go yeah. to work. Do you, as a, do you do a lot of tasting? You have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're we're always having to think of new stuff. Um you know, it, it, there's just, there's no end of things you can do also. So, I mean, the ideas way outpace what we can actually end up making. And then, I mean, we have, you know, we bring out flavors that we think will be temporary, like the goat cheese. And, uh, I mean, don't you ever take that off the menu? I know. Yeah. We, I would probably have threats on my life if I did. It would, <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, it would just be a monthly thing. You know, we just bring it out once and, you know, people go like, oh, neat, you know? People went crazy. I got more emails and phone calls about that one than any other flavor we've ever made. I think I posted wow. about that once, and I didn't realize how often I was even having it until you posted on my Instagram. You're like, you need to try another flavor. I was like, oh, it's been noticed. You're running out of goat cheese, Lindsay. <laughs> I just love the the boldness you guys go with your flavors. Let's talk about a few of them, and then, of course, the uh, the famous flavor that has gone bananas. Uh, I've had morel ice cream. Yeah. I've had avocado, or did you call it guacamole ice cream? No, well, guac and chips and guac. Chips and guac yeah, ice yeah, yeah. cream. So fun with avocados in it. And then, of course, the burnt end ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, the Joes. And that one, um, that was something I had the idea for, I think, like three or four years before we even opened the shop. And I did a lot of versions at home, and uh, I was trying to kind of work all the barbecue flavors into the base a little bit and then see where I could put them. And nothing was really popping right. And then, you know, a, a few more years of making the ice cream more seriously um, made me realize that, you know, when you've got the barbecue, you know, you've got the white bread there and you're kind of dipping the sauce and you're biting, you're tasting little different things at different times. And so the base of it, we just went with a sweet cream, but we kind of like jazzed it up a little bit with some salt and lemon juice and brown sugar to kind of make it taste, you know, have something going on, but also just be the neutral. And then uh, made a caramel and uh, worked uh, Joe's original sauce into the caramel and uh, added a little bit of pepper for like a kind of aromatic thing, you know, just get it, really get it in there. And uh, then candied the burn ends. And the burn ends were the easiest one because, I mean, you know, you just, those are good right out of the bag. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so then... You know, just kind of got everything to the right level where, you know, a scoop was just really great to eat and you had all these different things at different times. And, uh, I mean, it was really nice too that Joe's, uh, you know, I mean, we were, we were not even a year old, you know, one shop and they totally worked with us all along the way. Uh, they wanted, you know, approval on the flavor before they put their name on it, which was, you know, re- a really big compliment when they did. They said, yeah, this is good. Like, we like this. You, you should sell this. And what was that tasting like? Uh, I just sent a gallon over because, yeah, at that point, yeah, I hadn't met anybody. And I was also, I mean, the first year I didn't leave the Waldo shop. I was, you know, it was like seven days a week, 15 hours a day. Like I was making the ice cream every night, like filling the freezers. So I didn't, I didn't have time for any meetings. So yeah, they, they took a gallon and I got the word that they liked it. So that burnt end, uh, ice cream, I think is just really brilliant. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's so much fun and I recommend it to so many people, but I do remember when I did a story on it, um, when it first came out. Lots of puke emojis, right? <laughs> so, like, how do you deal with that? Like, that would just devastate me. But on the other hand, I, you know, I was trying to be your advocate and say, wait, if you haven't tasted it, don't be, don't be doing those emojis, right? Yeah, it was, well, it was really funny because the, it was maybe a year and a half in, and then Food Insider or Thrillist or some, you know, national 
place uh, came in, did a video on it, and then that video went kind of viral. I think it had like a million and a half views after a week or two or something. I mean, it was a lot. And, uh, you know, I was in the shop and on the ice cream truck all day long. And so then the video pops up. And, you know, I, I didn't expect one way or the other. But then, you know, like, I think everybody in town was like, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll do it right. Or, oh, it's Joe's. Oh, this will be cool. And then you just had everybody else in the country just like, you know, barf emojis and all that stuff. And that was kind of a bummer. But, you know. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense because they have to taste it, you know. But like, yep. so that I think is one of the key things that you need to do with your customers probably is get them over the concept of what is an appropriate ice cream flavor because mm. you have a lot of really unusual flavors. So like when yeah. people ask you, is it is it just about sampling or is it sort of like, you know, come on, people. Mind over matter. Yeah. yeah. This, or, or there's an association. This makes sense. Of course, cereal makes sense mm-hmm. because, you know, it sits in a bowl of milk and what is ice cream but, you know, basically frozen milk. So, right. I mean, h- how do you approach that and do you get much kickback or is it just that flavor that does it for you no i think we just you know if as long as you make everything as good as you possibly can and make sure that the ingredients are doing what they need to do instead of just being in there um because yeah if the balance was off then yeah a barbecue ice cream would taste terrible or mm-hmm. you know if the distribution of you know if it's too much meat or you know not enough sauce whatever it wouldn't be very good so you just got to make sure every single thing is as good as it possibly can be and but some people really just won't get over it anyway i mean even like the lavender um, you know, a lot of people just try it and it just tastes like soap to them because they mm. can't, they just can't get over that, you know, oh, I'm eating lavender. Whereas, I mean, you can use lavender in just about anything and it's great. So. It's not that cilantro thing where some people do taste it as soap. Yeah. I mean, that might be a two though. Yeah. Like everybody's got a different, you know, set of taste buds. Yeah. So, um, but like what the, the morel and the Joe's, the best part about those is just doing something that people can't imagine what it tastes like and then having them try it and then seeing it on their face like, oh, this this is great, you know? That's the fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, everybody can imagine a cookies and cream and, you know, we still have it and we still, you know, put a lot of thought into it. But, you know, like what's, what's a mushroom ice cream taste like? You know? <laughs> right. You did something very unusual one time. Um Remind me, it was was it cricket ice cream or? Oh no, that wasn't me. Was it? <laughs> no, <laughs> Not guilty. But, but, but yeah, at Sparky's. At Sparky's. Yeah, yeah. So, so t- go, go back to that and like, would you do something like that <laughs> at Betty Ray's, or is that just too far out there? That was that was pretty wild. So at Sparky's in Columbia, um, they you know there there are the cicada summers where like the the cicadas sync up, yeah, and you know the seven year and the eleven year or whatever fall on the same year, and then suddenly there's just a swarm of. <laughs> So they took cicadas and they kind of roasted them and did some caramel and chocolate, and, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, there are lots of – this was this was like 13, 14 years ago. And, I mean, now there's, you know, there's tons of companies that will sell you dried crickets or, like, bugs to be used in culinary things. You can High make, in protein. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. They're actually really For good. For so much of the world even, right? I mean, Right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, I could, I could see doing something like that. But the funny thing about that one was it was just – because Sparky's was so loose, um, which is what we all loved about it. Uh, it was just one employee had the wild idea to do it. They did it. I don't know if the owner even knew about it. <laughs> they put it out. <laughs> the health department def- definitely didn't know about it. They weren't happy. Um, and then, I mean, it went viral. And this is like, you know, older internet viral. Like it was, the owner was getting calls from the BBC, like asking for interviews. Wow. And he was he was not interested in any of it. So it was a pretty funny thing. Because so many people try so hard to do something that gets all that attention. And they just kind of stumbled into it. But then the next flavor that that person made, 
Uh, they tried to do a cream of mushroom soup ice cream. Oh, <laughs> man. It was as bad as it sounds. <laughs> it wasn't a morel. Um, it, it was, no, yeah, yeah. not quite yeah. that. It sounds like you had the freedom to fail, though, which That's is important. huge, yeah. right? Yeah, it really is. That is that part of your, I, I mean, you do the testing. The freedom to fail is maybe not what we get to taste, right? That happens in your own private time before you bring it out to us. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of work on every part, too. But, I mean, you know... We, I came, I came to it after a, you know, a good long period of working in a lot of different places and trying a lot of different things and, uh, especially baking, uh, which, you know, I, I was obsessed with baking bread and, uh, you know, before working in bakeries or anything. So I just kind of learned as much as I could on my own, then tried to get into some bakeries, got in. And I mean, it was like, you're, you're just looking up a mountain, like constant failure. If you don't have, you know, like if you're not from a culinary school or something like that and, uh. You're trying to execute all these things for a restaurant that's actually, you know, serving them. But, it, yeah, it's really important to, to have those experiences, learn how to get around them, and also spot the failure coming up. So, you know, I mean, I would really, I would really hate it if we went for something and, you know, uh, it's something unusual and tried it and people didn't respond well. I mean, that would be a real bummer. But, I mean, I can't think of one where at least, you know, it hasn't worked, like, for what it was. So no fails. There's no there's no flavor. You just said, oh, yeah, that doesn't work because, I don't know, ice cream's cold and that flavor, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah, we, no, we, we try to catch stuff before that. And, I mean, if it makes the case, you know, if it makes it to the display case, it's ready for prime time. You know, it's it's yeah. ready to be out there and for whatever it is. And, I mean, like, the chips and guac flavor... You know, we, we got the avocado ice cream base together. It's really good. And then, you know, I mean, the Fritos, that's fun. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people weren't into it, whatever. You know, it was just there for a few weeks. I think it was around Cinco de Mayo or something. And mm-hmm. we wanted to try something with, uh, like, a Corona float or I don't know what. But, you know. Oh, right, because yeah. you have adult yeah, uh, beverages liquor and licenses. concussions. You know, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the line the day the Burn End ice cream came out in 2017? I It was <laughs> ridiculous, wasn't it? I remember I, we didn't tell any of our friends we were going, but we saw everyone we knew there. Uh, and we walked in. It was just a little bit outside the door because we didn't realize it was in, around, out to the very back of the bathroom and back up to the front. It, it like filled your space like a snake. Yeah. And I think we brought that out on a national ice cream day, too. Yeah. Which was, you know, probably not a good idea. Or like, a great idea. Great, yeah, kind of. I mean, but then there were there were other factors, too. Like, uh, I didn't expect to do any media for it. But then uh, one of the other TV stations, I think, picked it up. And I had to go into their studio that morning <laughs> for a live feed. So it was on TV that morning. So, I mean, that's a lot of eyeballs. And then, you know, like everybody coming in already for National Ice Cream Day. Or they already knew about Joe's. Or they just saw it on TV. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, yeah, perfect storm of, yeah, that was wild. We couldn't stop talking about it on our morning show. So fun. <laughs> So fun, and I went and tried it, and I thought it was amazing. Because the the Vernons taste like a, like sweet and salty is inherently good. Yeah. So I think that's like the reason why it works so great too. You know. Yeah, and sweet, sweet and heat is good. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get them all together, and then the ice cream cools it all down. It's yeah. When you are when I just make me think about this. You're talking about how much you love to make bread, and that is such an an exercise in. Conditions have to be right. Chemistry, all these things. Do you have to think about that when it comes to ingredients for ice cream? Like, oh, when that gets cold, that marshmallow is going to be hard as a rock, or I mean, you know what I mean? Like all these little things. Yeah, in uh, I think like when you're when you do a lot of baking, you really consider you know like time and temperature a lot more, and even stuff like humidity. 
Um, and so, you know, it, that I kind of bring that all into the ice cream. Like the, we have a peach pie ice cream that's out now. And uh, so, it, you know, it's just fresh peaches, a really good base. And then we make a bunch of pie crust from scratch. And then, you know, like just bake it in little, little like cheese it size, basically, pie crust. Um, but we freeze them first before mixing in. So that way, when they hit the ice cream, they're not absorbing while the ice cream's freezing in our deep freezer. Mm. So then people get it and they, they actually still have the crunch. And it's, it's a really nice kind of texture experience as well as just, you know, kind of being like the pie. The physiology of taste when something's cold. Let's mm. talk a little bit about that because it hits your tongue a little bit differently and you have to consider that when you're thinking about your recipes and how things go together. Be different than a regular hot food chef, right? Don't yeah, you a have little to bit. strengthen things a little bit when they're cold? You do, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of freeing because uh, for one, you know, you've got the temperature on the one hand and then you've got this uh, like, you know, 14% uh, butterfat milk base. And you have to punch flavors through that milk. So you almost have to make things bolder than you would otherwise. Like for the brown butter and toasted pecan, mm. um, you know, we not only brown the butter, but we take it further than you would if you were browning for a recipe at home or in a restaurant or something. Because you have to make sure that it's getting all the way through. So you just kind of, you know, you work the acid up a little bit. You work, work all the flavors that you want to get through. Um, and then it's also just, you know, more forgiving. I mean, I think one reason I, I love doing ice cream so much is because after being in baking, when stuff goes bad in a day and, you know, it's all so much about getting it out at the right time, you know, I mean, ice cream, you can just make it whenever, put it in the freezer. And then as people are eating it, you know, that cold, it kind of like, you know, it just invites the flavors to the tongue in a way. Mm. There's so many variations of frozen, um, desserts. So like, Ice cream, sherbet, um, frozen the other one, frozen yogurt, yeah. and um, sorbet, and on and on. Yeah, and a lot of vegan ice creams that are coming out now that are. Oh, and okay. you guys have some too. Yeah, and we've yeah. that's uh, that's an area we've been really trying to expand to because we've even just in the three years we've been open, we see so many more people eating vegan that aren't vegan mm. or just you know kind of restricting that kind of you know intake, and uh, they you know they can be just as good as a regular ice cream, but it takes a lot more work to. You know, kind of you're imitating the milk fat and you're wanting to get the complexity out of something that, you know, isn't necessarily as complex. Coconut milk for you guys, right? Is that what you use? Yeah. So for the, we have a chocolate and a vanilla and the chocolate's coconut cream and uh, a bunch of, you know, really good dark chocolates, um, some agave, molasses to kind of boost that, that dark flavor. Um, but, you know, like chocolate will do well to overpower the coconut. That's fine. But then for the vanilla... That one was really tricky because, you know, we didn't want to make it like a coconut vanilla. We wanted right. it to be like vanilla. Except when you're eating vanilla ice cream, what are you tasting? You know, you're tasting all of that great fat from the cream and the milk and then the, you know, like the aroma of the vanilla beans. And so it was really tricky. But I tried to uh, make a balance between everything that we put in there. So it's uh, soft uh, silken tofu, avocado, banana, hmm. brown rice syrup, just a whole bunch of different things that were each a little complex in their way. And if you get them all to the, like a really flat level where they're all just, you know, nothing's poking through, then it mimics that milk fat and kind of gives you the experience. And I think that one is like, you know, it's like 85, 90% of the way there. I still want to tweak that a little bit, but. Do you do other milks besides cow's milk on the ones that you're using regular milk? Um, We've never, no. Do you do goats or sheep or anything like that? Or? Nah, for the goat cheese, we used goat, specifically goat cheese right. in with the milk. Because um, you'd have to use a lot of it, I think. Um, mm. 
So, yeah. No, just not something we haven't tried with yet. But we could. Just thinking for you because <laughs> you have nothing, you have nothing yeah. else to do. Uh, Oat no. milk next. Okay. Uh, I, my husband's favorite flavor is the buttered and toasted pecan. Yeah. And it was the first ice cream my daughter ever had. Oh. The eight-month-old gives her thumbs up to the butternut toast pecan. Mine's favorite is, uh, apart from the goat cheese, the cinnamon. Yeah. The first, I'd never had it before I ate it at Betty Ray's, and it sounds so simple, but it's just, I tried to add cinnamon to my own ice cream at home, <laughs> horrible, you know. I don't know why, but yours is so complex and lovely. Yeah, and we're, I mean, for that one, you know, it is just ground cinnamon and uh, honey, and I guess, you know, if, you, if you're using a dried spice, it kind of clumps, uh, or uh. a ground spice, um, you, can, you can use honey as a trick and then just kind of work it into the honey, and then it distributes better into the, you know, the fat. Plus, steeping overnight helps a lot with, like, uh, the milk-absorbing flavors and that kind of thing. Okay. So there's, I mean, but we have so much, you know, we have a decent amount of fridge space in the shop, so we can do a lot of things that you can't quite do at home so much. So good. Yeah, that one's that one's really nice, and it is very simple, but it combines well with all the other ones, too. Which exactly. I'm, I'm all about, like, you know, getting a scoop of two different things. Because yes. you, you get, then you get the interaction between the flavors in addition to the first thing you're eating, and it's just a lot of fun. Because, Jill, I'm sure the same way. If I'm not getting goat cheese, my first thought is, what goes with caramel? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And then and then what goes with chocolate? No. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> but, but the other thing, have you had any of the floats, Lindsay? No, the my husband floats. has. Yeah. So that's another way of layer, layering flavors. Talk, mm. talk a yeah. little bit about when you do something cold and, and the alcohol and how you, you know, you've got all local product, but... Mm-hmm. The combinations, how do you figure those out? Because uh, are you a bartender too? No, no yeah, just <laughs> other than at home, no. Uh, we, that, was, that, that was really fun to do. And, uh, I mean, one of the best meetings I had was at Casey Beer Co. where we were trying to figure out a bunch of floats. And so it was just beers and ice cream, you know, for like three hours. Um, <laughs> Why didn't you invite us? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was pretty great. The, uh, we could do that on uh, the 17th. We'll just uh, ah, yeah. Yeah, open okay. up the whole menu. Ah, um, we... Yeah. Uh, they have a Dunkel beer that I think is probably one of their more, more popular ones. It's very, it's yeah. Really good. Very popular. And, we, you know, we tasted it with a bunch of different ice creams, and then we tried it with a creme brulee, and it was just like a lightning bolt. I mean, hmm. it was, they were like meant to go together. And so you just kind of stumble onto things like that. Um, and then there's uh, the Cafe Amaro, that liqueur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rieger? That, yeah, Rieger. exactly. And um, that one over uh, our Thou Mayest coffee ice cream mm. is just mm. amazing because I mean, Thou Mayest has some coffee beans in the Rieger liqueur and uh, the flavors just all go together so well. So, it's yeah, it's fun to take other people's things as well and work them in. Yeah, you're good at collaborations for yeah. sure. That's that's a fun thing to do. Well, uh, I just have to ask, there's a, there's a bag of, I think, ice cream <laughs> staring at me. Like, are we, are we going to dive in and see what flavors you brought today? Well, yeah, so I know, I know Lizzie's a huge goat cheese fan. Um, OMG. We got a little dry ice in there, so I'll watch out for my fingers. Oh, yeah. But we, uh, let me see, I brought some toasted almond. We've got the lemon mm-hmm. poppy seed cake. Oh. oh, yeah. And I know, I know audience people are, they never like uh, people eating on, on the mic, so I didn't bring any spoons, but we can uh, check it out. And then, oh, the passion fruit, which is really, really nice. So we, we do a passion fruit ice cream and then just a really nice vanilla and then swirl the two together. So it's kind oh. of like a creamsicle, but passion fruit instead of the orange. See and, the tart. Yeah. And I mean, passion fruit's one of my favorites. It's, uh, it's so good. Hmm. It is good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, David, I was thinking about, uh, you guys opened up 
um, in what used to be one of the many frozen yogurt mm-hmm. topping chains, right? Oh, oh, ice cream down. Ice cream down. Pint. <laughs> ice cream Legos over here. You weren't hurt, were no, you? No, no, no. All good. Um, was it the goat cheese that found its way to me? Oh, it was the passion fruit. I was going to say, it knows me. That would have been magic. Right. Uh, I just was thinking, you know, there was a period in time where we had so many of those open up all over town, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're good and they're fun, but then a lot of them did not yeah. make it. You routinely have lines out the door when you drive past Warnell. I mean, what is it? Why are people so loyal to Betty Ray's and what keeps them coming back? Well, I think, I mean, you know, everybody loves ice cream. It's kind of easy, you know? Uh, and it's it's just such a classic, you know, traditional American thing. Everybody loves they it. They love your ice cream. Yeah, I think what well, we... We definitely were really big on, um, you know, like doing the classics, doing, you know, I mean, there are a lot of artists in places that they wouldn't make a cookies and cream. They wouldn't use Oreos, you know, but there's something really wonderful about a cookies and cream ice cream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we spice ours up a little bit. Like we do just a tiny bit of espresso in there for like a kind of coffee undertone to it. Oh, it's really? Nice. Yeah. It's uh, not enough to like get caffeinated, but, you know, there's that flavor is there underneath it all. Um, and it's really good for it. And, you know, I mean, working the salt in there makes a difference too. Um, but yeah, just maintaining that kind of the classic, but also experimental together, Hmm. but also really, you know, giving people what they want or inviting them to something they didn't know they want in a nice atmosphere. Cause we, we didn't want to be a place where you were, you know, we were telling people how to line up or telling them where to sit or saying like, you know, you can't get this with that or whatever, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like the whole menu's open, do whatever you want, have fun here. Um, and I think ice cream really just lends itself to that, it, you know, it lets it become kind of an oasis and, you know, a crazy world. And I love how it sounds like even the simplest flavors have a little bit of something extra at Betty Ray's. Yeah. The cinnamon has honey, the cookies and cream has that little bit yep. espresso. That's so fascinating. I feel like Betty Ray's has a really strong ice cream signature. And there, I mean, there's a lot of good ice cream in town, but how would, for somebody who's just listening to this, maybe far away and they haven't tasted Betty Ray's, how would you describe your ice cream? What's your brand, your trademark here? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's a, that's a really tough one. I mean, you know, I've just, I've put everything that I kind of like and that I've learned over the years into it. Um, and yet, like, I don't know, there, there's sometimes we have an idea for a flavor and it's like, I don't think that would fit, you know, or we have to make it fit somehow. It feels know? very homey and yeah. um, very um, old style to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. In and a lot of ways, it's not like... Thick and real, right? Yeah. I mean, it feels like the stuff I ate as a kid and a little bit nostalgic and very, very creamy. And, you know, there are other flavors um, that I've tried, you know, around town. They have their own signature, cleaner, different kinds of, you know, more punctuated flavors, I guess. I feel like mm-hmm. this is just like I want it all over my face and I'm, <laughs> and I'm six years old again, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of it, thing. It has just a um, – it has a really distinct homey feel and I don't think it's just the name Betty Ray and your grandma. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, it's got to just be everything adding up, you know, like the whole experience. And I mean the ice cream itself is great. It's it's really hard to imagine, like, what if, you know, what if we just had the display case in a, like, warehouse-like looking space or, like, converted loft kind of style shop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what would that feel like? Because mm-hmm. you'd still be eating the same thing, but it, you wouldn't be feeling the same way. And even the standing in line, the anticipation that builds into it. Hmm. Um, 
there's just, yeah, there's so much uh, that goes into the overall experience. And we, you know, we've tried to do our best, like kind of, you know, getting every detail right, I guess. And to the marketing, have you thought a lot about that or has that just kind of happened for oh, you? Oh, that's, you know, we've never done any. <laughs> like we, That's you know, amazing. We, yeah, we literally, no advertising. Uh, yeah. The, at the same time, inside when you go in, there are these really cool drawings and paintings and the pins, and then you'll see like coloring sheets for the kids. And somebody is that you drawing those? Yeah, that's mostly mostly me and my wife. Um, wow! Because we both did some graphic design and illustration stuff, like in college and a little bit after. Um, and it was the kind of thing where for me, like she's great at it, and she continued to do it and work it into each job that she took. Um, but for me, it was just like, I don't want to sit in front of a computer. You know, I learned to draw because I like drawing and painting and that kind of stuff. I didn't want to, you know, sit at a desk. So this is a fun way for us to get to indulge in that kind of stuff and still, you know, have it all there. We also have a lot of local artists that put up stuff in the shops or sometimes I'll just get them to do coloring pages. Like, uh, there was one, one person who posted on Instagram, they did a really great, like they colored one of the coloring pages really well. And I was like, man, this is a, an incredible coloring job. And they're like, yeah, I draw too. And I was like, you want to draw us a coloring page? And so they did one and it's the one with the, uh, the cat, the cat mermaid on it. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but they're really fun. Yeah. And so those unexpected details really add up to a lot too, I think. Were you yeah. the one that drew the skyline on the ice cream cone on the wall? Yeah. The, um, the big truck mural. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was me. So it was like, uh, yeah, it was just an idea that popped into my head. And then I also did the one of the giant ice cream cone that's licking the man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're all great and very Instagrammable. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a look going on. Mm-hmm. And I would say even your labels and uh, mm-hmm. the Betty Ray's logo, to me, I don't know, looks really 70s to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just yeah. has that that fun graphic feel that's... Again, very nostalgic. I think the blocking of the letters, that kind of thing. Well, that was my my wife, uh, Mary Wen. She's just a uh, absolute genius at that stuff. So, I mean, the looser, anything drawn, looser, like that's all me. But, I mean, she did all the graphic design and we kind of worked on it together, but she was, you know, doing most of it. And, yeah, she just nailed it. I mean, you know, like the letter shapes and the, you know, a little bit of a swirl to it, the primary colors. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, and it, it was even... Really, we were really specific about picking out which red, blue, and yellow because it wasn't going to be just, you know, your t- standard primary or like a CMYK kind of thing. So did you expect the kind of success that you had out of the gate? Oh, no. 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 Yeah, no. What were you prepared for? Uh, well, we, I, I read a lot and I've, I've ma- mainly worked for small businesses over the years. And so, you know, I'd, I'd talk to the owners every day. And so I, I knew what it was kind of like. And I knew you had to, you prepare for the worst when you're opening something. You know, uh, you have to think about the worst case. And what will I do if we can't make the rent? What will I do if X, Y, Z happens? If you have one customer in line and that's it? Okay. And then, but the, the, you know, the answer to the flip side is if everything goes perfect, you're going to be working your butt off for years. So, you know, we were ready for that. It was, uh, it's been a crazy three years though, because in the last, so three and a half years now of the shop, basically. And, you know, two shops, the truck, uh, we've had two kids in that time period too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. We had our first kid. The week we signed the lease in Waldo. I don't understand how you did that. <laughs> no, it's it's nuts. And I mean, like you're coming back to work after, you know, having your first. And I mean, that's that's tough, right? It's, oh, my goodness. And yeah. you opened a small business. Yeah. It's I mean, we also, you know, we've got a great staff and I mean, they're just doing such a phenomenal job. And um, yeah, there's you know, there's. 
people to spread the work around to. Mm. But it's uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad the timing worked out though, because I always think about man, this this would have been easier in my 20s. Like you know, I just would have been able to put so much more time into it. But at the same time, it wouldn't have had the same feeling. And like our daughter. I mean, we used to carry her in in the carrier when we were building the counters and like hmm. putting stuff up. And now she runs through the shop and you know, like gets an ice cream cone, and it's pretty great. And you can tell there's the influence of of kids in the place. I love the part in your store where you're like, "What flavors would you suggest?" And you can clearly tell where the kids have suggested some <laughs> <laughs> bodily function flavors. Yeah, like there's that, a lot right? of fun stuff. <laughs> That is pretty fun. I remember one time being in too, and your daughter was just on the on the floor coloring, and hmm. everybody was moving around her. It was great. It was like <laughs> yeah. this is her space, man. Right? Yeah. She's grown up here, and what you're in her kitchen, you know? Yeah, right? it's funny too because when uh, she would always come into the River Market shop when we were demoing the walls and like getting ready to build stuff in there, and so we started calling it the messy shop because you know like that's how she saw it. Like, and now so now we say you want to go to the messy shop, and it's actually like you know pretty cute in there. It's not, <laughs> not messy anymore. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. not messy at all. So moving into food trucks, that that takes it to a whole new level. We were talking off mic a little bit about the generators and all of that, but what made you decide you wanted a food truck as well as a brick and mortar that was a completely random decision like uh nine months in or so because uh we so you know we we opened the first year and we got really busy and there were so many requests for off-site events and we hadn't even anticipated that it hadn't even occurred to us that people you know we just thought okay ice cream shop people will come in and get stuff that's it and there was so much and so we just thought you know, if we, you know, the only way we had to do it then was, you know, packing things up in a cooler, dragging it out. That's a real pain. So we uh, found a company that uh, built food trucks. Basically, they convert old FedEx trucks, chop them up, put fridges in them and stuff. And this one was a really tricky one because they had to build a custom display case. Because I, I really wanted it to be visible from the street. So you can walk up, look through the window, see the flavors, mm. taste something as if, you you know, it was an ice cream shop on the curb. Um and so, yeah, like it was over the first winter that we put it together and then uh, late in the second spring launched it. But it was, yeah, it was something neither of us had experience in, hadn't considered, incredibly difficult, in a lot of ways more difficult than a brick and mortar. I mean, yeah. it's really, there's so much that can go wrong on it. Well, a vehicle is just basically in a constant state of deterioration. <laughs> there you <laughs> right? go, yeah. That's hard. That describes it really well, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we've had a few instances... Uh, you know, I mean, if you go with a new truck, you're spending so much money. Mm. And so, you know, we went with a used, uh, and it, you know, it's pretty good, but it breaks down every now and again. And I mean, you know, people book weddings like a year out for the truck and, you know, you have to, you know, try to get it fixed as fast as possible, but you're dealing with, you know, like diesel mechanics, not just even a regular car mechanic. Oh, right. And it could be the generator, you know, anything really. So how far out are you booked for weddings usually? Is that like an every weekend situation? It's, yeah, most of the weekends, yeah, Friday, Saturdays of the year have some weddings. There's so many businesses and uh, schools and churches throughout the rest of the week. And then, you know, like the random fun stuff to go downtown and, you know, serve in public or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got stuff booked for next October. Oh my gosh. Which I'm just like, yeah, I just hope the truck doesn't bl- explode before then. Cause, I mean, <laughs> do you just have one or a fleet? Because I feel like I see you a lot of different places. <laughs> and sometimes I think, wait, didn't I just see them on the other corner there? Um <laughs> Yeah, we probably need more than one at this point. But yeah, it's just just, one. just the one. And so you also need somebody to drive that thing around. Is it yeah. you or is it someone or do you have someone on staff who's trained and ready to 
role in the truck? Well, it was it was me for the first. I mean, I was on for every single job for the first like year and a half or two years of the truck. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's like three a day. And I mean, you know, as far like down south to Lenexa or up north, um, you know, we go to Weston for the barn farms, uh, the weddings up there. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was a lot. And the the other thing was like, I'm, I'm not going to hand something off until all the systems are working right, because I'm not going to stick somebody else with any problems. And so we were still working through all the, you know, some engine issues, generator issues, freezer issues. But at this point, yeah, I've got two other people who run the truck, you know, uh, from the shop. They love it. Um, you can, you can make some really, really good tips and it's just, it's really fun to get out there and, you know, meet different people. And so, yeah, it's, uh, we're spreading the work around finally. I I think the food truck thing is really hard to do. And I've seen, you know, people start as a food truck and then become a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they no longer really have enough time for the truck or the other way, a brick and mortar thinks they want, you know, a, a truck. And then what happens is really it, they realize it's a totally different beast and it's very yeah. hard to staff and soon they usually sell it off or they just use it as some kind of an advertisement, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, roving advertisement, but it's not an integral part of their business because I think they didn't anticipate sometimes how hard food trucking oh, can be. Yeah. It seems, it seems real easy, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks fun and it looks easy, but that's, and that's, it's just like the shops too, where you like, you come in and you want a fun, easy, casual experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to see all the gears grinding and, you know, like freezers breaking and stuff. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, food trucks can be really brutal and people do get started because, uh, you know, I mean, the ceiling's lower for getting in mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, maybe, you know, if I do this for a year, then, you know, we build up enough awareness and make some money for the shop. But I mean, brick and mortars are so expensive that sometimes it takes years and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's really tough. I mean, I'm glad we did the shop first and then the truck, um, but I don't, I would never get rid of the truck because it's just such a good way to get out there and, you know, it. it we want to be where people want us to be. And so like every email we get trying to book the truck is like somebody saying, we want you here. Like, could you come out here and, you know, give us some ice cream? Well, and the great part about an ice cream <clears throat> rental truck is that you can be an addition or the final piece de resistance to somebody's event. It's not yeah. the main meal. So everybody wants a piece of it. Ice cream's great. I mean, yeah, the pressure's a lot lower, honestly. Right, <laughs> right. Everything's made when you get there. You're not yep. making anything. Yeah. What has the transition been like in this short three and a half years you said of you and your wife to now how many employees and how do you keep the creative time alive when you're running what is quickly becoming an ice cream empire in Kansas City? Yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you, you learn every step of the way and it's a, it's like, it feels like it's a different business every three months. Hmm. And so you just have to constantly adjust to that. But you know, I mean, just hiring the best, like the most talented people you can. And, uh, you know, I mean, we really work on, uh, you know, paying really well and uh, making sure that it's a good environment to work in and all that stuff. Because, you know, I mean, coming out of working, you know, I've, I've worked at a lot of really great places and, you know, a few bad places. And you learn from those and you say, OK, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like this. Um, so I've got a really great kitchen manager now named Kirby, Kirby Claus. Uh, she's doing awesome. And she's She's the kind of person where I think I can just, you know, I can have these ideas. We can talk about it. You know, she could execute really well. Um, you trust her. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, she's got a great kitchen staff underneath her that can do the same for her. So you just kind of try to build that. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's really nuts. I mean, four years ago, I was baking bread. You know, I was like waking up at 1 or 2 a.m. to go in to bake bread. And now there's you know, like uh, almost 60 people working at the shops. It's really weird. 60? Yeah. It's a lot of part-time, so it's not like... Sure. I mean, we do, we have a decent amount of full-timers too, but yeah, it's, it takes a lot to staff. It's, and 
you know, to the point where if a lot of people try to get into the ice cream business because they do think it's easy. Mm. Um, and it can be if you're not making it or, you know, if you don't have a decently sized shop. And so, yeah, ours, it's a, it's really expensive to run and it takes a lot of people. Do you have, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you have people asking to franchise already? Oh, or yeah. Buy oh, you wow. out or what? Yeah, that, that started almost immediately. <clears throat> so, yeah. so what's the answer to that? Yeah, it seems kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know why I would do that. Not going to do it. Yeah. Okay, but like, say I live in Lenexa. Yeah. Can I? Got to make the drive. Can I have some ice cream? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. But like, anymore in, in the future around, yeah. around town, even if you don't franchise? Well, what it. The way I'm thinking about it uh, is just that, you know, I mean, we we were amazed by the reception and how much everybody loved it. And that was really nice. Um, and so, you know, we knew we had kind of a window. We wanted to put down the second shop so that, you know, we were that we had a lot of people coming from up north, too. And we figured, well, those pretty far south, you know, a little bit. And uh, so, you know, that just kind of said our intention is, you know, we want to be Kansas City's ice cream in a way. You've split the middle of the middle. You're right. River Market <laughs> is like the north of the middle. Yeah. And Waldo's like the south of the middle. Yeah, it's like it's like playing risk, right? You yeah. Know, take over the countries. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, but, <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you know, so what I'm thinking is like we, we really pushed to do the second shop um, without having the typical structures in place that a normal business would because we were so young and so busy. Um, and so what I'd rather do is, you know, make sure now we've got everything in place to, you know, maybe grow at a more steady pace and, you know, like put them down in those neighborhoods where people want us to be, um, in a way that works well. That would hmm. be every neighborhood. It, I mean, you really could like, yeah, they, you could have one on, yeah, Has so many blocks. River Market done as well as you'd hoped and expected? It's busier than Waldo. Really? It, yeah, no joke. It, like the, you look at the graphs and everything and the daily numbers, it's busier. And I tell that to people who are familiar with the Waldo shop and they either think I'm lying or like I'm crazy because oh. no, it's, it's busier up there. Is it the Northland, do you think? Uh, it's, it's a combination because I think people come down from up north, um, but that, that side of town was just, they developed it perfectly. I mean, the streetcar mm. came in and then the people that owned the buildings we're really working on getting interesting businesses in, you know, like not just putting down some random stuff. Yeah. So if you think about our block, that's like farmhouse, daily nada, mm-hmm. um, tribe, and then Lazarone. <laughs> now thou mayest coffee next door. Um, there's a really nice clothing shop. I think Kate or the Coco people are putting it in, and then you know Poke, and that's just the one block of the River Market. And so you've still got the rest of the market, you know, like Bite and all those great places down there. So it's it's just yeah it's it's a perfect storm of people loving it and it feels so good to be in that neighborhood. I mean it really makes you proud of Kansas City because it's you know it feels like a city. It's yeah. so fun to walk around down there. Yeah, yeah, it's getting really great. You know what I what I was thinking last time we went? You are dangerously close to our house in the Waldo location. <laughs> I say dangerously close. We go a lot. Uh, I walked in and I was instantly reminded of when my friends worked at Baskin Robbins when I was in high school because of the wonderful kids that happen to be working that yeah. night. Do you get a sense looking at them of that's me and my wife at Sparky's? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's, and we, that we really did want to keep it loose and make it a fun place to work for them. You know, like not, we really try to like restrict the bureaucracy and like the daily task sheets or whatever, you know, like, um, and you know, I hire a lot of friends of friends and I think I have at this point maybe eight or nine pairs of siblings. <laughs> Which is really funny. So like, you know, an older brother and a younger sister or, you know, like two sisters, whatever. 
Um, and I still have the three people who started, you know, like literally first day. So March of 2016, it was me and just a few other people. Uh, they were all in high school. And now uh, to one of them, uh, no, they're, yeah, they're all in college now. And so yeah, it's, it's just really nice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, in, in 13 years, we'll send Svea your way. Yep. 15 years. I bet everybody wants your job. Right. You're like the ice cream man, right? I mean, do you have people coming, young people coming up to you and going, how do I get into the business? I want to start an ice cream shop. No, that's, yeah, the, the weird part is I, I do get a lot of, so I get a lot of a, a adult people coming and saying like, you know, how do I open this up? Or like, hey, let me open a, you know, another one. Or like, you know, you just let me use the name. I'll do all the work. And I mean, a lot of the cases I just have to tell them, listen, you, like who's going to do this? You know, who's, who's doing the heavy lifting here? Because it's, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and there is so much else that goes into it. Um, but you know, we always, you, you just want to keep the shops fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there is so much work that goes into just keeping them, keeping them easy. In so a way. they can't see the stress on the side of like, Oh, this is, you know, I mean, it's a business. It's a huge business that's taken off here. Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, like, and it's a business like with, you know, all the concerns of a regular business and like, so you know, it's something I don't talk about, you know, that much to anybody and certainly not a lot of the employees or anything. But like in this winter, um, we had, you know, we we hadn't really taken out many loans to open up the river market. We did it, you know, with, you know, the first shop basically. And as a result, you know, like it was a really long winter mm. and that really affects things. And so we were getting into some really rough waters. And uh, there was there were a few moments where I was like, well, this might just go belly up. Like I might have to tell these, you know, 40, 50 people that like, you know. We don't know what's going to happen. I and can't thankfully, even yeah, we, you know, we patched things up. And it, I mean, it was like, you know, fixing leaks while you're in the boat kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, you just kind of have to get through it. And that's, but that's the stuff that you hope nobody sees and nobody has to think about. Well, that was my question too. How does any ice cream shop survive a winter? Because it always seems when you drive by, like, what are exactly. they doing now? You know, I mean, do, what do you plan ahead for that apart from the really, really horribly crazy winter we had this year? Yeah, just, I mean, have a good summer and put it all in the bank, basically. Wow. That's, yeah. because yeah, it is it is a bit seasonal. People don't eat as much ice cream in the winter. No, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like a third, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, so it's a big drop. But also, I mean, the other thing is a lot of ice cream places will just close to, you know, and then you save a lot because all of your expenses go down. Um, and we, you know, like... Didn't, we never really considered that, but if you think about that, like you're you're then not being available for all your customers, and then you're also, you know, like telling all your people, I hope you're still around in two months or you know whatever. Right, and right. so I mean, you know, like every every person that's here in the summer and fall, I want to keep them as you know well as I can through the winter, so that spring we're nice and strong. For summer jobs, do you just get inundated? I can imagine this is the summer dro- job dream of just about yeah. everyone. I yeah, mean, do get you a lot just of get so many that you're just like, stop, I don't need any more? Or... Yeah, and it's it's a funny thing, too, because we have now, like, we had so many high school students that worked there the first few years. Now they're off to college in different cities, and they come back and work. Mm. And it's so great to see them all again. But then, you know, that means our summer is pretty much taken care of, except then, you know, early to mid-August, everybody's gone. And we stay busy. So you have to like really hire strategically to try to, you know, like make sure you've got enough people to still have a smooth August when everybody's leaving. So yeah, there's, but it's, it's nice. And we try to, you know, we get a mix of people because of the liquor license. We need a a decent amount of over 21s. Um, But, you know, yeah, it's, 
you can't have an ice cream shop without teens, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there, is there an art to like the training session? Is there an art to learning how to (laughs) do a scoop and, you know, how to put a Sunday together and all those, what, what does training for those summer interns look like? It's funny to hear training session because like a lot of the people that work there would just laugh. Like they, I, I throw everybody in. I mean, there's, yeah, there's next to no training whatsoever. I mean, we have, you know, we have all these, I've made a lot of nice pages with like pictures of how things ought to look, you know, and, but I really, we never have less than three or four people behind the counter in almost any time. And so they're really, you know, talking to each other and transmitting that knowledge that way. Yeah. As opposed to like having a bunch of new people in for eight hours of just like, hey, do this, you know? Yeah. I think the beauty and the nightmare of, you know, having younger newer people who've maybe not worked before maybe yeah. this is their first job right is um just try to you know get it all together and um, understand you need to move that line you need to keep things going and you need to explain things well and i have always found um your people are right on it mm-hmm. so there must be yeah. some good training going on somewhere in there but i'm also curious about the the dipping how do you i mean how, oh yeah that's tell, why you need those us, young arms <laughs> tell us the rules for scooping because i don't think my scoop yeah Lindsay and i are both doing the motion here um <laughs> i i don't scoop well and oh, i have yeah. also had a big debate about what kind of scoop is appropriate for you know home consumption yeah and i've got the kind from you know uh, oh yeah the with the lever flippy thing vin- yeah. vintage you know mm. kinds nice, and, nice. and then i have some that are just sleek and modern scoops and i have other ones that are cold you know because they're metal what do you advise well anybody listening the zero ice cream scoop z-e-r-o-l-l best ice cream scoop ever made oh uh-huh. it's incredible the design of the actual like scooping part is just a perfect curve. And then if you're serving gelato style like we do, which is the, you know, like open one gallon pans instead of the big, huge buckets, like the Baskin Robbins type or whatever, yeah. um, you just, you can go, you hold it like a stabby knife or something, you know, like hold it straight a straight up. You never, I don't know how else to, <laughs> like there's, I think it's accurate. That's how many other yeah. things do you hold like it's that? It's visual. <laughs> yeah. So you, ho- you know, got to hold it like that and, you know, pull back with the whole arm. You got to, you know, stab it in there, get a good roll going. And then the, you know, the curl happens. And then if you think about it, like, you know, I mean, the sphere is that perfect shape for maintaining as much cold as you possibly can. Uh-oh. Right. So there's some physics to it, too. But, okay. And I tell people, I mean, a lot of people come in and they try to scoop like, well, how would you describe that? I mean, to the, that, from the side and the, with yeah, the they thumb. Hold it, hold it kind of sideways and do it a lot of wrist. Kind and of wimpy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wimpy and they're just going to blow their arm out. I mean, yeah. you, you can't do that a hundred times and like have your wrist be okay. This is wild. And gelato style. Didn't know that's what it was called. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Cause I yeah. mean, it's, so it's, I've, I've seen it called like American style in the big buckets and then gelato mm. style is in the pans, you know, the, vi- the visible pans. And I love that you can see so much of the ingredients when you have it that way too. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody like would do it the other way. Yeah. It, it just looks better. People like it. It's easier to get into and sample, you know, it's, and because they're rectangular, it's more economical in terms of space. Yeah. So you can fit those 27 flavors in a little case. Whereas if it was the big buckets, I mean, 27. And I, I hate those buckets cause you can't look into them very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've never worked at a place where you're scooping out of buckets, but I can't imagine that it's very satisfying. <laughs> well, also think about it. Okay, so my parents, we, we had a love with Spumoni at one point uh, and, and they would buy actually the, the round. That was my containers. grandma's favorite. Hmm. Betty Ray, her, her favorite was Spumoni. Oh. Aww. Yeah. I love it. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. It's an Italian ice cream. It's pistachio. Pistachio, of, cherry, vanilla kind of. Yeah. Typically. Um, yeah. So they bought that. Right. And so we're scooping. And when you get down to the bottom, right. You're like, 
I can only imagine how awful this would be in, in an ice cream parlor, but it's all over <laughs> the it's, mess. It's yeah. all over your arms. Yeah, that if too. You're going if you're going um, horizontally. You know, that's going to be scoop. a lot cleaner scoop and yeah. cleaner hands and yeah. the whole so. bit more hygienic. So. Um, have you guys seen Stranger Things this season? Yeah, that love that ice cream connection. Scoops, Scoops ahoy. ahoy. <laughs> Do you find your kiddos like talking about that or like emulating anybody of Steve's hair or a holster, an ice cream scoop holster they've brought in? No, yeah, I really wanted to maybe make them all wear the sailor outfit one day or something. Like, Please do. Or I wish they didn't really have a signature flavor, I don't think. Like thinking back on the show, you know, there wasn't... Just they like never banana really, splits and stuff? Yeah, just those huge kind of old Sundays. David, Halloween will be here before we... <laughs> Scoops Ahoy costumes yeah, for everyone. That'd be good. What is your favorite flavor, by the way? Uh, so, I mean, uh, the lavender honey, me and my wife made it back at Sparky's. And, uh, you know, we, we, instead of using lavender oil, we use the flowers, steep them overnight like tea, you know, and then that works the flavor in really well. And it's a more rounded lavender flavor, you know, and it's got the aromatic qualities and, and just really nice, like it lingers in a way. Mm-hmm. And so the lavender honey, I feel like is just such a really wonderful flavor, but the, I, you know, when you go out for ice cream, you really want that surprise. And I just, you know, nothing's really that surprising because we've worked on it so hard. Um, but thou mayest's coffee is really great. And, uh, we pulled the espresso in the shops on our machines and the ice cream is nothing but our ice cream base and then a ton of their espresso. And so, you know, like that, to me, that, that tastes great because, you know, we didn't actually make that thing, you know, we just kind of worked it in there. Um, but I, yeah, I like those two a lot. But you know, like I said, the combinations like lavender honey and strawberry are really nice. And a lot of people do the lavender and goat cheese. Ooh. Yeah. The espresso, the thou mayest sounds like a good addition to my cinnamon and caramel sauce. Mm. It sounds like definitely a flavor for you. Mm. I'm curious about what what flavors did you like as a kid? You know, I I don't, uh, I think, you know, I just ate all the typical ice creams as a kid. Um, But one uh, other than, so I remember my dad's ice cream. I I can still taste this like cup of ice cream that I had uh, when I was like five um, at this place, my parents were in Romania for some reason. We were all over there and there was an ice cream truck. And so I had that cup of strawberry ice cream and it just, I don't know why that flavor just stuck with me. Um, but what I really loved and what I'm trying to get on the menu, we just haven't had the time to do it is, uh, you know, like a dip cone, you know, that magic mm-hmm. shell chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'd always get those as a kid, you know, just like, cause I think we all have experiences with the, the ice cream truck. Maybe not in so many of us have been to Romania, but um, curious, have you been have you been to Italy since you're doing a gelato style? Yeah, I've been. Do you have memories? Yeah, of, yeah. We, uh, yeah, I've been to Europe, studied abroad over there, and so you know, went to the gelato places and stuff. Yeah. It was before I'd worked in ice cream or even had any thoughts about it. Hmm. But I mean, you know, it's obviously it's great. Oh, it's so amazing. I mean, yeah, and I the way they dress up the tops of the yes. gallons so many, are really cool. Uh, Artwork, yeah. right? Yeah, so delicious. Um, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Lindsay, what what flavor did you like as a kid? Because I'll admit mine, but they're really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so it it evolved from strawberry to strawberry cheesecake, which is probably why mm. I love goat cheese. Because I believe any kind of cheese in dessert is the best thing ever. Ah, I love it. Okay, so we would go out and we would pick from the many flavors, and my dad always won. But like we would all pick the weird flavors, right? Because we're kids, right? So one time it was black licorice. Another time it was bubble gum, you know, and then he would pick something normal like butter brickle or, you know, and we would taste each other's and it would always be like, 
he always got the best one. <laughs> so he was the winner, you know. Um, oh, my kids do that. Yeah, they always, they, they eat most of theirs and then they're like, you want to trade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it still goes on. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about being attracted to sort of the oddball flavors, but that was, that was my thing as a kid. And then eventually got to Spumoni, which is better, improving, yeah. you know, and then eventually Italy. I mean, it's funny how you start like, all of a sudden you have all these memories of your ice cream of your your life. Yep. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, you know, like I guess maybe pizza or something, like noodles, whatever, but think of something you ate so consistently throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that really is kind of the magical part of ice cream is like if you, you have the right scoop, the right cone, the right day, it's just like it short circuit in your brain all the way back to childhood. It's really nice. Absolutely. I. I don't know what it is. My husband grew up part of his time in Sweden, and it's a big thing there, which you wouldn't think for such oh, a cold I don't know country. anything about that. It's called Njukglas. I'm probably saying it wrong. He will tell me I'm saying it <laughs> wrong. But it's different somehow. Have you ever thought about soft serve, or you just have such a love for the scoopable? Yeah, I thought, we thought about that because, uh, you know, since it used to be a yogurt shop, they had all those holes in the wall for the machines oh, yeah. sticking out, and we just turned them into the cubbies for the chalkboards and coloring pages and then the bubble window back into the kitchen. Um, but we were like, oh, maybe we could just get one soft serve machine and then like make special flavors for that. But, you know, I think you you want to keep your concept kind of simple and straightforward and, you know, graspable. Yeah. Um, it would be really fun. I mean, there are a lot of really great like people doing artisan soft serves all over the country now, like a lot in bigger cities mainly. But yeah, that's crazy, really right? Yeah. Is it easy? Can you dip scoop uh, scoopable ice cream? Stupid question. You can do dip cones with scooped ice cream. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Yes. They, so what they would usually do and man, I still haven't. I haven't done enough research on it yet, but I mean, like a lot of places will keep the magic shell out, you know, like that, that ganache. And, you know, if the scoop's tight enough on the cone, you just dip the whole thing in. Um, but I'm thinking that's like really messy, especially with the crowds we get. <laughs> right. And I don't want, you know, a bunch of scoops going down to the bottom of the ganache or whatever. <laughs> so I think we'll probably try to work out some kind of squeeze bottle for it. And oh, then, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. um, you know, maybe hold it over a tray or something and just try to get the whole thing covered you know, make it so it sets really fast. But I think that would be a really nice addition to the, you know, to the menu. The mm. ice cream at the bottom could be like ganache ice cream soup. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, you can just buy the can. And <laughs> That's like a new flavor. <laughs> mystery can. It's of like the new cereal <laughs> milk ice cream, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, my mind goes crazy on all the flavors here. I know. We could talk for hours about ice cream. There's so much to think. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> David, we've had so much fun. We cannot wait to come see you. We're really looking yeah, forward to it's that. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Everybody come see us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Saturday, August 17th, noon to three. We'll see you there. Wear your bibs. <laughs> <laughs>